So I said last week that uh, you know, we've been in this series called Romans, This is the Way, the study of Romans chapter 12. We've been in this thing for weeks and weeks and weeks because we've been looking at every verse in this chapter. And I said last week, it was our last Sunday in Romans 12, and I kind of did a little bit of a, a little fib because today is the last, last of lasts, okay, final last on Romans 12, because it's a chance for us just to kind of reflect and just ponder and pause and think, what sort of came up for us in these few weeks as we've been looking at Romans 12? Like, what's stirring in our heart? And I thought it would just be kind of fun to read the whole chapter for you guys real quick uh, from, from this message paraphrase I've been using a lot in this, in this series, because uh, it's, just, it's just kind of fun. And this chapter for me, years ago, just like leapt out of the page. You know, this chapter is known as the road or the path. And, and I, as a, you're hearing it, I invite you to consider, like, what, what's the road? How is it describing the way to life, to the life we've always wanted, to this connection, things that are made right with others and, and with God himself? So I want to read this chapter for us, and then we're just going to take some time this morning to kind of unpack you know, what does this mean as we kind of just reflect on it today? Okay, so here it is. You ready? So I'm just going to read it from, from the message here. You can follow along, and whatever translation you have is kind of kind of fun. This is it, Romans 12. Man, I wrote a song about this, actually. I had, like, music going behind it. In fact, I should have had the band play as I read this, but that's okay. Next year. Um, okay, here we go. Ready? So here's what I want you to do. God helping you take your everyday, ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work, and walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for him. Don't become so well-adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize what he wants from you and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God brings the best out of you, develops well-formed maturity in you. I'm speaking to you out of deep gratitude for all that God has given me, and especially as I have responsibilities in relation to you. Living then, as every one of you does, in pure grace... It's important that you not misinterpret yourselves as people who bring, are bringing this goodness to God. No, God brings it all to you. The only accurate way to understand ourselves is by what God is and by what he does for us, not by what we are and what we do for him. In this way, we are like the various parts of a human body. Each part gets its meaning from the body as a whole, not the other way around. The body we're talking about is Christ's body of chosen people. Each of us finds our meaning and function as a part of his body. But as a chopped off finger or a cut off toe, we wouldn't amount to much, would we? So since we find ourselves fashioned into all these excellently formed and marvelously functioning parts in Christ's body, let's just go ahead and be what we were made to be without enviously or pridefully comparing ourselves with each other or trying to be something we aren't. If you preach, just preach God's message, nothing else. If you help, just help, don't take over. If you teach, stick to your teaching. If you give encouraging guidance, 
be careful that you don't get bossy. If you're put in charge, don't manipulate. If you're called to give aid to people in distress, keep your eyes open and be quick to respond. If you work with the disadvantaged, don't let yourself get irritated with them or depressed by them. Keep a smile on your face. Love from the center of who you are. Don't fake it. Run for dear life from evil and hold on to dear life to good. Be good friends who love deeply. Practice playing second fiddle. Don't burn out. Keep yourselves fueled and aflame. Be alert servants of the master, cheerfully expectant. Don't quit in hard times. Pray all the harder. Help needy Christians. Be inventive in hospitality. Bless your enemies. No cursing under your breath. Laugh with your happy friends when they're happy and share tears when they're down. Get along with each other. Don't be stuck up. Make friends with nobodies. Don't be the great somebody. Don't hit back. Discover beauty in everyone. If you've got it in you, get along with everybody. Don't insist on getting even. That's not for you to do. I'll do the judging, says God. I'll take care of it. Our scriptures tell us that if you see your enemy hungry, go buy that person lunch. If he's thirsty, get him a drink. Your generosity will surprise him with goodness. Don't let evil get the best of you. Get the best of evil by doing good. Amen. There you go. That's it. Chapter 12. I mean, yes. it's cool, right? I just love all these little invitations, all these little like prompts, these challenges. Some things that like I go, wow, I'm, I'm, this is a lifetime of learning how to do this. Right? And some things that just kind of unlock a door and go, yeah, that's right. That's what, I, that's what I need to do. Man, if I took a step in this way, everything could change. I could experience God's grace and love in my life, and I could get to share that with others in ways that maybe I never experienced before. This is the way. This is what God is saying. This is the way to, to, to live life, to experience him and experience others. So I thought it'd be cool if a few folks shared this morning. I chose a couple folks to share a little bit about what stood out for them in these last few weeks that we've been looking at this chapter. So you don't have to have been here the whole time, right? You could be brand new today, and, well, you just heard it all right there. So you got, you got, you got the, the cliff notes. You got to hear the whole thing. But today, just to kind of unpack it a little, and you might be wondering, I mean, I invite you to kind of think about, as you heard that read today, what one thing maybe jumped out at you. You know, maybe one or two things. What caught your attention or what stirred up? And, and, and today we want to just take some time to sit with that. Just kind of hold that with God. God, hmm, you brought this thing up. Good, bad, and different. I don't know, but you brought it up. So God, what do you want to do with that in me? Man, I'm excited to hear what, what that might be for you. But we have a couple people to share in these, that have been kind of following along these last few weeks about the things that leapt up for them. So I'm excited about Bree Taylor coming to share, first of all. So you guys, can we welcome Bree right up here? Bree! Woo! Okay. I'm, I'm getting your mic ready, Bree. Um, okay. Kind of like this. Wait. Okay. Something like this, right? Okay. Get your, get your thing ready. And I got a little stand here like this. Awesome. You guys, one more time. Bree Taylor, everybody. I'm Brianne. I serve on the hospitality team here at Branches. Um, 
and Justin asked me to share, and I don't know why I said yes. <laughs> <laughs> but here I am. I keep saying yes. Um, and uh, I have been here for most of the Romans 12 um, study. I think I may have missed one, but um, it's also been going on since, I think, September. So this, this one chapter. Um, but for me, Romans 12, 2 was sort of the standout. Um, this was from the sermon titled, Three Moves for Growth. Um, and this verse was also one that I memorized as a child. My dad had organized alphabet verses, A through Z, one verse for each letter of the alphabet. And this is verse C. It goes like this. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. And then um, the message translation, uh, I'll just read it, even though Justin read all the way through the chapter, I'll read it because, so we can see where I'm going with this. Um, Don't become so well-adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God and you'll be changed from the inside out. And I was thinking about how, what, how is this verse, this verse stood out because this has been a big year of growth for me. Um, so I thought of a couple examples um, for me, um, kind of difficult to explain, but as I've begun to fix my attention on God uh, this year, the Holy Spirit has done some changing and um, thing in, in my life that I hadn't planned for, would, did, wouldn't, it, including this very moment right now, actually. Um, a year ago when Branches officially started uh, meeting weekly, I was just excited to be back in community with other believers. Um, my husband and I had been praying for a new church, a new faith community for years. Um, so this definitely felt like an answer to prayer, but I wasn't sure that maybe we needed to meet every week, you know? Back in the like planning stages, I was thinking maybe twice a month would be better for me, you know? Maybe less of a commitment, but I just kept showing up and... Um, Throughout the year, I think I would say that I now look forward to Sundays. Um, and another example, in previous church hunting experiences, um, you know, we would visit churches, and I would say I had moments where I didn't see, feel even seen at another church. Um, you could kind of come and go, and maybe no one ever noticed you were there. And, um, and in my... Uh, time here at Branches, I would say the Holy Spirit is moving in me, and uh, I feel a nudging to make everyone that I encounter here feel welcome and feel seen, um, and that's, again, not something I would have thought I would be doing. Um, and most recently, I have found myself um, in a sort of out-of-body experience, co-leading a small group with my husband. This is, um, I would have never thought I would be co-leading a small group, we would, that we would be hosting one in our, in our home, let alone one that's so cool as ours. Like, there's a lot of you here in our group. Um, it really just, over the summer, God really made it clear to me, like, I just felt this stirring, like, I'll do it. Like, whatever it is, God, that you have, and I've been saying that all year long, really, just, I'm here, use me. And um, the transformation can be really subtle. It can be, you know, just being willing to say, yes, God, um, has changed my life. Yeah.
Yes. Thanks, Jackson. Thanks, Anna. Yeah. So cool. Thanks so much, Bree, and thanks for um, just that reminder that sometimes it's that simple saying of yes. You know, it's just whatever that is, and, and maybe there's something that God's inviting you this morning to say yes about. There's this sort of question, there's a prompt, and what does it look like for you uh, to say yes to God today? And man, I'm just, I'm so thankful for those little steps we take and how God's spirit stirs us up and, and leads us. That's so cool, so cool. All right, well, a little bit later in the chapter, uh, one of my other friends uh, just felt uh, a passion around and kind of kind of challenged him in some cool ways. And so I'm super excited to have Miguel come on up here. Um, he's going to share from a little bit later in the chapter. You guys give it up for Miguel right here. Come on. Hey, guys. Well, my name is Miguel. Um, I've been coming here for, I think, a little bit over a year. But, um, yeah, uh, Justin asked me to share on Romans 12. And I remember one of the one of the services, it just really stood out to me where there was a, a verse in Romans 12, 17, where it, it talked about something very, I feel like whenever I go through the book of Romans or whenever something from the book of Romans is read, it always kind of hits me in the gut a little bit in a good way, where it challenges me to be, you know, a better believer or uh, to challenges me to love people better or treat my family better or um, anything along those lines. And so Romans 12, 17 says, Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everybody. And so I feel like this is something that is very countercultural. And it's been very countercultural since the first time that the writer of Romans, Paul, said it. You know, don't repay anybody evil with evil. And I feel that that is the natural response that we have to maybe evil being done to us, you know, or something wrong being done to us. We want to respond with, uh, with the same way that they responded to us, or even sometimes we even want to go above that. But what's crazy is that when we experience God's love, when we accept God's love, our natural, or not our natural response, but our response to that should be treating others differently. It should be loving others differently. It should be interacting with others differently. And I remember growing up, I, I had thought I know, I, I thought I knew what love was, you know. Um, it was painted to me by relationships around me or by, um, you know, the movies, whatever you saw there. Um, like the notebook and all of that. Um, I feel like love was painted in different ways, but I remember um, when I was first, when I was first really introduced to the word and when I was first really introduced to Jesus, that this love was very different. You know, never would I have seen myself loving someone that treated me badly. You know, never would I have seen myself loving someone who might offend me or, or treat me differently. But it's because of the love of Jesus, because of his love for me, that I'm, a, I'm able to react that way to other people. And I, I'm able to be that way with others. And, uh, you know, sometimes what our response, our good response to someone that does evil towards us or towards someone that 
doesn't treat us well, it, it might cause them to have a change of heart towards us, you know. It might cause them to um, realize, oh, man, this person isn't against me. Or sometimes we don't get that outcome and they continue to, you know, be the way, uh, you know, put us down or whatever the interaction is. But in the end, you know, that's something that we got to trust God with because our responsibility is to, is to love others the way that Jesus loved us. That's our responsibility in, the, in our interactions with others, you know, and we'll let God take care of the rest. And like I said, this is hard. It, it's definitely something that in my life, you know, there are so many times where, you know, I worked, I working in a uh, customer service right now. So there's so many times where, man, I could, I could say things, you know, over the phone and it's a lot easier to say things over the phone, you know, um, <laughs> but you know, it, in those times, it, what prompts me more than job security is uh, the love of Jesus, you know? Really, you know, just that interaction, knowing that I'm interacting with somebody that has a life outside of what's going on there. Uh, you know, they have their own life, their own way of thinking, their own struggles. The, you know, every person that uh, is valuable in the eyes of Jesus. And so, you know, we... We got to make sure that when interacting with other people, you know, our hearts are in the right place. We don't repay them with evil and something so hard, but um, very powerful, I would say, um, that we should be doing as believers. And so, you know, I thank God for introducing this way of thinking in my life because I wouldn't have been able to reach it without him. And, you know, I encourage uh, us as a congregation to react this way towards other people, you know, people who have different beliefs or people who treat us a certain way or people that uh, we don't necessarily like. Let's, let's not repay evil with evil, but let's repay that with good and show them that this is the way, you know, to follow Jesus. So thank you guys. Nice. Awesome. Thanks so much, Miguel. Thank you, man. I love what you're saying, too, about this love that we give to others. It comes from God first, you know. It's right from him. He first loved us, and we share that love with others. It comes from him first, and it comes out of us when we say yes to him, you know, and say, God, help me. You know, that's so, so cool. Man, thanks, thanks again. You know, that brings me to this, this last point today is just that very first verse in the whole chapter. It's really the key that unlocks the whole thing, right? There's all these like behaviors and actions and prompts for us, but it starts in that very first verse. It's like the, it's the secret code. It's, it's how the whole thing actually plays out in our life correctly. It's the way to start. And, and that's that first verse that says, here's what I want you to do. God helping you take your regular life, you know? Or some translations say, in view of God's mercy, Here's what you do. It's this in view of God's mercy thing where we don't do any of these other things in that chapter without that first one to say, God, it's because of you, because of your mercy and your grace and your help that I could do any of these things. And we don't want to do any of those things in that chapter like as part of a rules or obligation or another set of commandments or something that we do because we're out of duty or, or like shame or guilt. we got to do this in our own strength or with our own efforts. No, it starts at the top, the very first verse where we just say, God, help me. I want to start 
this thing right, and it's with you. It's your grace and your mercy. And saying, God, with your grace and your mercy, help me to live this out. That's what God wants, and he intends that for us, that we would start the right way. And everything else would kind of fall into place. If we don't start with that first and we just start going right to the middle and start going, yeah, I'm going to try and be kind to my enemies. I'm going to try and love from the center of who. I'm going to try and, you know, it just kind of starts to break down after a while. Some of us got a lot of energy and we can really do it, you know. Some of us are honest right at the beginning. Like, I'm not, I can't do it. You know, I, it's just not going to happen. And that's so cool. God loves that honesty. Prayer is not a place to be good. It's a place to be honest. And we be, we be honest with God and say, God, I need your help. That's where it starts. That's the key that unlocks this. So this morning, I want to invite us towards kind of a unique time of communion. Communion is one of those interactive elements that reminds us of Jesus and his grace. It reminds us of what Jesus did for us. Why we can even do any of this stuff because of Jesus' sacrifice for us. His death on a cross. The death that we deserve because of our rejection and, and, and just disregard of God. And then Jesus pays that price for us, and Jesus sacrifices himself willingly out of love for us. And then he's risen again on the third day, giving us this invitation to life that defeats all death, that we can have life with God forever because of what Jesus did. Not because we did some of these rule things good or not. No, because of what Jesus did. The very first thing, Jesus did it. And so in communion, we remind ourselves, Jesus you did it, and I'm so thankful for what you did for me. And so we're going to have a time of communion. And, and in communion today, it's going to be kind of unique. We've got like little grape juice, plastic grape juice bottles, a bunch of them, and we've got little cups, and we've got gluten-free bread from Arise Bakery, okay, just the best gluten-free bread possible um, that we've cut up into little chunks. And we're going to invite you guys to something unique. In these next few moments, the band's going to come on up. Come on up, band. And we want to invite you guys into a little tiny communion clumps. Can we do some communion mini groups here today? Groups of three to four to five to six people. And I just invite you, you don't have to take communion to be in one of these groups. Um, you don't have to participate at all. If you're brand new, of course, don't feel obligated to do anything. But I'd love for you to join one of these groups so you can hear the talk around the circle. I'd love for you around these groups to share, take a couple of minutes as the band is playing quietly, maybe share what popped up for you around Romans 12 or maybe what God is stirring up in your heart around this morning regardless of Romans 12. Maybe it has nothing to do with that. That's totally cool too. But take some time, maybe share around your circle for a minute and then we'd love to, uh, just if someone in that group would facilitate a time of communion for those who want to take it in that group just to say, hey, this is the body of Christ. This bread symbolizes Christ's body broken for us. The grape juice symbolizes his blood poured for us on the cross. And we, we take it and we're just going to say, God, thank you. Jesus, thank you for what you did for me. Again, you don't have to take communion. Just invite you to pray along with that small group if you're there. Listen to what the others share. And, and let's do this thing together uh, today as we kind of try this interactive experience. Are you guys cool? Are you guys willing to give it a try? Okay, so let's go for it, everyone. Just feel free to turn around your chairs, make little clumps, however it works. Uh, let's take these last moments and do this together, all right? Form some circles out there. We got leaders walking around to help facilitate a circle if we need to. If you're wondering, where do I go? Talk to me, I'll help you get set into a group. 
Heidi's walking around. Heidi and Myrna, they got the communion stuff. 